Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's all streaming now on Hulu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Club Shay Shay listeners. We'll be back soon with weekly episodes featuring brand new interviews with exciting roster guests. Until then, enjoy this special rewind episode with one of my favorite moments from Club Shay Shay so far. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. One slice. Got to roll the dice, that's why. So, if I said you could only choose one, kickoff or punt returns, which one would you choose? I like punt returns. Well, you I like can, them? I can be myself. I can be myself, right? right. So, kickoff returns, we all know sideline right, sideline left, or middle return. Right. Shoot. Punt return, I can put a little, I can put a little uh, cranberry juice and a little uh, crystal hot sauce on that. You know right. what I mean? And do what I do. And right. then go back to the return. Right. So, that was... That just... That just if let's just say for the sake of argument, Devin, they call we call a right return. And a lot of times, I don't know how you guys did it, but we would set up the return towards our sideline. Because if you set it up to right. their sideline, they're gonna be calling it out. So we normally set the return up to our sideline, so it was gonna be quiet. But mm-hmm. the returner, we never had a returner like you. Did you automatically mm-hmm. like, okay, we got a right return? I gotta make sure I get to the right, or you say, you know what? I'm gonna trick them. I'm going to do a little dancing over here, pretend like I'm going to go left. I'm going to start left a little ways, knowing that you're going to get back to the right. Oh, yeah. See, the, when when me and Coach Day built a relationship where he really had confidence in me mm-hmm. and was able for me to voice my opinion, I say, listen, whenever you want a touchdown, just double the gunners. I don't give a damn about them fat boys up front. Right. Double the gun and let me get started. I'm going to do what, do what I do. And let all the returns go to the field. You let all the returns go to the field, I'm going to find me a hole. Right. Because I'm going to create one. Right. Double the gunners. I don't care about no fat boy. Lead a punter and a lone snapper. Do not block them two. <laughs> That's a waste of a time. Do not block the lone snapper or the punter. Now we got extra guys blocking. So now that, you, now that you mentioned that, which is worse? Getting tackled by the long snapper or the punter, or getting hauled. Which one is worse? Yes. Getting hauled. <laughs> <laughs> man, come on, man. Listen, if you get hauled, you know, man. Listen, that's that sticks. <laughs> that's, that's a person like a fat person. You can't get hauled. I don't care who it is. Right. So you say you can say the punter, you can say the punter had the angle on me. He pushed me out of down, uh, out of bounds. He, he really didn't make the back. tackle. But what about the long snapper? Exactly. What about the long snapper? Long snapper tackle same, you. Same thing. He just he just gonna try to wall you and push out of bounds. Ain't nobody tackling you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just gonna play the angle. You know what I mean? And hope somebody hurry up and come before I run past them. So 
What was your thought? You get a kicker. You say, let's just say you're five yards away from the kicker. What's going through your mind? Are you like, okay, I'm going to stutter him. I'm going to play it to the field and come back to the sideline. What's your thought process? How are you setting him up? I'm finna eat this ground up. <laughs> I'm, finna eat this, I'm finna eat this cushion up. Because when I get up on him so fast, he's just going to sit right there. Right. He's going to sit. Now, like a lot of a lot of speed guys, they try to take an angle too early. No, I'm eating up his cushion. Right. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to So in other words, you, you, you keeping that straight stem, you keep it right at him. I'm going to go right at him. Straight at him. So I get about two, three yards from him, then I'm going to stick one way and I'm out of there. Because he going to sit. <laughs> he might sit down. I don't have a couple points. Because I get up on him. They sit right down on their butt. Uh, can't go nowhere. I mean, if you think about it, teams not kicking. You mentioned teams that wouldn't kick you to football. We had the Jordan rule. They have the book came out. They would walk Barry Bonds. Back, you know, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, we got to keep those guys on the sideline and make sure they don't have the ball. Think about it. Team said, we are not kicking the ball to Devin Hester. We either kick it out of bounds or he's not touching the ball. So we take the penalty as opposed to kicking it to Devin Hester on the kickoff or we just going to put it out of bounds. Forget that, hanging it up there for four or five seconds. No, put it out of bounds, kick it out of bounds. Most definitely, man. You know, we even make commercials in <laughs> Chicago. I'm kicking the ball in the lake, Michigan Lake. You got boats out there waiting on the ball to come. Like, we knew what teams were getting, man. Like, I even had punters come up to me before the game doing pregame warm up. Like, man, you finna mess my stats up today. I was averaging 48 yards a punt. Now I'm finna drop to 32 because I got to kick the ball out of bounds 20 yards. Right. <laughs> when, so, yeah, man. So, you returner, you could play DB in college. You played a little wide receiver, and then you kind of transition says, I want more. This, Yeah, I, I love returning punts and kick, but I believe I can do a little bit more on offense. What made you come to that decision that says, I want to do more? It, it was because I wanted to be honest. Coach Lovett brought that to my attention the minute they started kicking away from me. And he was like, Devin, to be honest with you, man, you're probably – and it got to be in the top two, top three, most dynamic player with the ball in your hand in the National Football League. Right. Now teams are kicking it out of bounds. I got to find a way to get the ball in your hands. So the only way I can do that is to move you over the offense. Right. And that's why I got to move over the offense because the punters and the team started kicking the ball to me. If they would have kept kicking to me, I would just been, I would probably stay that corner and been playing this straight punt turn, kickoff turn. Right. But it also helped the contract because you say, "Look, hey, I'm not just a returner. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm on the offense too." Now, say, so, "Hey, y'all, hey, y'all need to factor that into that contract also." That that's when I got that contract when they <laughs> moved me over the offense. <laughs> let's go back to you. Let's go back to you, your younger years. You grew up in Florida. You lost your father uh -huh. to cancer. Your mom was seriously injured in an automobile accident. So was football, was sports an outlet for you to deal with the pain and the trauma that you were going through as a, as, as a uh, young man? I would say so, man. Like, to be honest, I, I got attached to a guy named by the name of Mr. Thompson at first, which was, uh, he worked at a Boys Girl Club. Okay. The Boys Girl Club was literally right across the street from me. Okay. They knew my situation, right? So they knew my situation with my mom. They knew my, my, my father passed when I was young, so... We didn't have to pay to go. So, right, we just jumped the gate and we just blend in with the rest of the kids. And so we played football and all that from the moment we got out of school to, to it was time to go to sleep, you know. So the passion of football, man, in the neighborhood I grew up in, that's all we did. Right. That's also that's all I knew was football. 
football and all we did was football, play football, and went outside and flipped, back right. flips and all that type <laughs> of stuff. Right. <laughs> so, obviously, you're a great high school player. You get an opportunity to go to the U. I'm sure you had other opportunities. What made you decide to go to the University of Miami? Man, a lot of people that was in my situation where your mama made you go. My mama made me go to Miami. You know what I mean? It was a couple of schools I wanted to go to, but my right. mama was like, listen here, we ain't got no money for no flights. We ain't got no money for no no traveling. And then plus my brother played at FIU. Right. So FIU is like a 10-minute drive from our campus. So we was able to be close to each other. Me and my brother was able to be close to each other. And then, you know, at the same time, there was a winning program. And like I said, it was ranked in the top three, top four in the nation. So at the end of the day, man, it was it was a great decision. I feel that, you know, me being close to home and being close to everybody. So that was the reason why I went to the U. You said there were other schools that you wanted to go to. What were some of the schools that Devin Hester wanted to go to, wanted to attend? I wanted to go to either NC State at the time. They had Phillip Rivers. Right. And it was at the time they were ranked like in the top 14, 15 in the nation. And I knew I was going to come in right there and play right away. Right. I knew that. You know what I mean? That was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a thought about that. You know, going to like Miami and stuff like that, you know, with those type of guys, you're going to have to sit out a year. Too. <laughs> it ain't number five star players in that locker room. You know what I mean? Right. So to go to a top 15 ranked team, they just lost a position that you coming in to fill in and right. be that main guy. And they already told me, listen, you can't hear your brother coming. We, we Y'all good. So, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to NC State. That was my number one school. But at the end, Miami Miami offered me like a, when I was a freshman in high school, man. So I felt like I had to kind of be loyal to those guys, and I had a cousin that played for them too. So right. it was in my blood to go there. Though. There was a story, and you can ex- expand on this, that you had to sit out uh-huh. your first year at the University of Miami because they believed you didn't take the SAT. Tell right. the story. So that story went down like, you know, like when you start getting notarized, right? You, okay, you that, that, that athlete that say, oh, wow, this kid here got potential. Right. They start making you take SAT early. You don't wait till your senior year. Right. right? So I started doing the prep of my sophomore year, took the test my junior year. Right. Got a score qualified, GPA, everything qualified. So my whole senior, now all I had to do was just work on my GPA, all my test scores and everything was done. I didn't right. worry about taking I didn't take no SAT or nothing my whole senior. Right. Got my test scores back and everything. So if you if your SAT get questioned, I don't know if y'all know this, but if your SAT score get questioned, you do not get it back. Right. They send you a letter in the middle and say, we found some unspecious things going on. We right. want you to retake it. I got my SAT scores back. Right. So my whole senior, I was qualified. Right. GPA was like a, a 3.1, 3.1, 3.2. So I was good. Just no, no, no worry about no school or nothing. So on my college visit, um, I don't know if you know that story, but the only school that didn't offer me a scholarship was SC. That's the only school I never, I got never got a four ride. Everybody else I could have went to. Right. Uh, so I went on a college visit, and um, one of the coaches wanted me real bad. So. I promised him I would take a, a, a visit, you know, because right. you get five visits. So I promised I would take a visit there, you know, and visit him and really give him a shot because he really was trying hard to get me. And then um, when that time got close to uh, announce where I was going, 
I said, Coach, you know, I say out of all the recruiters, you know what I mean? You was the one that was there really, really working hard to get me. I appreciate your situation and what you were trying to do, but I'm going to go ahead and sign with University of Miami. So he got upset. He started calling my phone every every two hours going off. So I said, you know what? This is getting out of hand. I'm going to let you deal with my parents. Because at first I was dealing with him. I ain't tell my mom about it. I was right. dealing with him. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let my mom deal with this situation. So my mom got the phone. She went off on him. And he called one more time. I answered the phone. And he said, you know what? If you don't come here, I promise you, you will never see a down of football in your life. So that's when I said, man, you threatening me. So we, I hung up on him. We blocked his phone number, all that. I get to the University of Miami after signing with him. I check in the dorm room. Everything, I'm good, everything. Um, the next day before practice, my counselor come to me. He said, Devin, we got a problem. I said, what's going on? He said, some, some, some stuff going on with the NCAA about you. It's nothing. You shouldn't have to worry about now. You good. And so they, uh, when I got down there, we got on the phone with the NCAA. They said it's been some, some phone calls about questioning your SAT scores. And I said, okay, well, what's the problem? They said, well, your answers match somebody that's sitting beside you answers. And I said, well, what did they get? And they had like a, I think they scored like an 880. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what did I get? I think I scored like a 970. Right. So I said, well, who was cheating on who paper then? <laughs> if he scored an 880, I scored a 970. My score is higher than his. Who, who y'all think cheating? They said, they feel like you were cheating. So it was up to University of Miami to say, you know what, we're going to disregard that. And because it was up to the University of Miami to say, we're going to set these scores whether or not or not. Because right now, y'all don't have right. no proven fact. So Miami was at the point where they, when they went to the national championship in Ohio State and they lost in Ohio State. So if I would have played that year and they would have kept investigating, if they would have found something that was out of the ordinary, Miami would have been suspended. Right. So Miami said, you know what, we can take a risk and just let you play. And then week six or seven, they come back and say, it's not right. Or we can sit you out and then you just come back in next year and play. And so when that happened, I had a bunch of teams like, listen, we, we, we already dug into that, that situation. We ready to take it. it. It's nothing they can do about that situation. Okay. You got your scores, you score higher than that person. It's nothing they can do about it. But Miami said, no, nah, we're not going to do it. And then they was like, and I told them about the situation and they were like, listen, dad, we just got too much to lose. Um, I will promise you this: if you if you if you just have faith in us next year and you come in, we will not give your jersey away. So they sent my jersey number four up because everybody was trying to get it. They said, "No, nah, we're not going to hand out the jersey. We're going to show him that we're lower and we'll bring him in next year." And that's what happened. So that was you believe that that coach at the U or the recruit at the universe at, at USC, you believe he had something to do with this? No, no, not not USC because no. USC didn't recruit him. Okay. USC never they USC was the only school that didn't offer me a full scholarship okay. out of all the colleges. Was the only school, but it was a college that I was, you know, getting recruited by. Right. Recruited you, don't, by. you don't you don't want to reveal that yeah, college? You you've been sitting nah, on that. You I'm oh, good, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna let that go. I did I I went my first time I touched the ball in Orange Bowl. I took it 92 yards back for a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. I took my helmet off, stared in the camera, right? I just wanted him to look me in my face. That's all. That's why I did that. If you if you go back, my first time touching the ball in the Orange Bowl, I took a 92-yard kickoff back. Open the kickoff for the game. Yep. I took my helmet off, going in the end zone, looking, at, looking in the camera, stared at him, just so he could see my face. That's how I got him back, though. So we good now. You didn't play your entire – you didn't – so you weren't allowed to practice. 
Were you allowed to meet? Were you allowed to go in the cafeteria with the play? How did you stay in shape? So basically, you were like a just regular college student. I didn't even go to school. I didn't even go to school, man. I went home. Wow. I went home, man. I went home, man. Listen, that, that drive home, man, felt like I was getting sentenced to 15 to 20 years in prison, man. Right. Like, I, it was like my whole life was just gone. And it was like, it ain't nothing I can do about it, man. When I pulled up to my driveway, man, and looked at the front door and just thought about, like, man, everybody that come from this era, if you don't go to college, man, you know what's finna happen to you. Mm -hmm. You finna get caught up. Right. You finna get caught up, man, and just looking at that door, I said, boy, it's over for me. So I literally, like, I literally, like, when I got in that, when I, once I walked through that door, man, I went to my room, closed the door, I... I don't think I ate. Uh, I don't think I ate or slept for like two, three weeks straight. I did not come out the room for a whole month. My mama made me feel like that. You gotta get up, man. You gotta get up, baby. You can't do this. You cannot do this. You gotta fight, man. Like I literally, I stayed in the room for two, three weeks straight without eating, and then come out the room for a whole month. I was sick, man. Like everything I worked for got taken away just out like that. That easy, right? I was hurting, man. So your mom said, Deb, you gotta you you, you can't just give up, you gotta yeah, fight. So once she tells yeah. you that, now what's going, what's what's your thought process? I gotta train, I gotta make sure that when I go back, I'm in shape, I'm ready to go. To say, let them know that I haven't been just sitting around. Right. So what happened was my mom called the high my high school coach and was like, Man, y'all gotta find something for Deb to do to the time for them to go back. So my coach, man, he was like, Hey man, listen. We need to work. He said, bring your shoulder. I kept everything. Bring your shoulder pads and your helmet and come practice with us. You give us work. And while you giving us work, you're going to get to keep yourself in shape. So I, I started going back to my high school and being on the scout team to make those guys better, man. And not only did I make them better, I was able to stay in shape. Right. And that's how I really stayed in shape, man. I went back to high school, man, after graduating and went back practicing with them being on the scout team, man. So what's the best feeling? Punt return touchdown, kick return touchdown, interception, rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown. But I said, David, this, this is what you, this is this is one. You will have one of these today. Which one you want? Punt return. Punt return. <laughs> punt return touchdown. That's your that that's your that's your bag. The punt return TD. Yeah. yeah. Punt return touchdown, man. Because you know, innocent, you pick 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 it and ramp 12, 13 yards in the end zone. But punt right. return, man. You out there in the middle of nowhere by yourself. And when that ball get in your hand, there's a thousand people around you. And when you come up out that hole and you hit that sideline, and then you show them folks how really fast you will, and you open up while right. somebody's sitting up in the high stand, and they see how fast you really running, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what I like to show. <laughs> you told the story earlier about how you didn't get an opportunity to play much your junior year on the defensive side of football. You are mainly a returner. Uh, because the coach didn't like some of the things that had transpired your sophomore year with the accolades that you had, start, the, you had started to receive. So you make the decision that you're going to come out. You go to the combine, you run 4-4 and some Nike Air Max, and you pull a hamstring. You're like, damn, yeah. of all the things that could have happened. I didn't really play, didn't yeah. really play de de I didn't play at all on the defensive side of football, and now here I am at the combine, and I pull up. No, no, I, pull, I pulled up. I had a poor hamstring going into the oh, combine. Okay. 
So that's why I wasn't supposed to run. Right. That's why I didn't bring no cleats. Okay. Right. Because I want. I told him that you know. You gonna run. My okay. four days in two weeks. My four days in two weeks, man. I just tweaked my hammock, man. I'm not ready to run. And when I got aboard the press conference, and you know, we had a, I had my interview with all the teams, and um, the biggest thing with me was, what is he gonna run in the forty? That was my biggest. That was everybody wanted to really see me going into the draft. Right. Was how fast this really, this kid is really is. And so when I told them I wasn't running at the combine, boy, it got so quiet in there. They're like, but this is not this is not good news. So <laughs> after leaving the press conference, my agent blowing me up. He said, Listen, man, I don't know what you're gonna do, but listen, these folks wanna see you run, man. I don't I know I don't know how bad it is, but listen, just do it. So I said, you know what? All right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna have to just come out, come out slow and just roll into it. Right. And that's what I did. I came out slow and rolled into it and just tried to kick it at the end. And I ended up running like four four flat. And then two weeks later, I ended up running a four two sun at the pro day. So right. I was able to make it up. So if you if you had run at the combine and Devin Hester is fully healthy, how fast do you believe you ran that 40 that day? Oh, any bit of four two. Any bit of four two. So if I take De- if I if I take Devin Hester at his prime and I take Tyreek oh, yeah. at his prime. Who went in the 40? Man, Tyreek ran what? 4 3 side? Four See, Tyreek is a track guy. Yeah. He's a track guy, right? I'm a foot, I got foot, I'm football speed. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't no track guy, but 40 yard there? Yeah. Man, listen, man, my, I ran the fastest 10 yard split in Miami history. I ran a 1 3 4 in a 10 yard. My, my freshman year, bro, they would not tell me my time in the 40 because they said I was too young. I DJ William, if you know DJ William. Yeah, I know DJ. I will get clock running for You know what to do. Hit the subscribe button to become an official member of Club Shay Shay, where we always do something before two something. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.